0: What's up, human? Welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline. I'm Amy Rojovchuk. More importantly, I'm excited you decided to join us today. I know you've got a ton of options, and I appreciate you. This is a show about all the hard and uncomfortable conversations that arise while generating revenue, and how to think or rethink what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then of course, how to execute differently. And like I said, I'm happy you decided to come along for the ride. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen so you can be notified each time a new episode drops. And do me a favor, friend. Don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. I'm Amy Rehubchuk. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Enjoy. John Morris, where do you want to start? You know what? I
1: You go. This is your show. I'm here for you. So wherever you want to go, I know the answer. Let's talk
0: about relapse. Let's go. Tell us a little bit about your story, John.
1: Well, first off, I, I went through uh, at a younger age, I think that I struggled with getting moved around a lot. Um, my dad was a really successful executive, so we got transferred. That was the thing, right? There was a yeah. remote then like yeah. you got transferred. I had to start over a lot. And I actually was born with two lazy eyes, not the eyeball, but the eyelids. Okay. Right. So until the age of 12, I got a lot of picking on. Right. So I got this like personality underneath and I could it was rare I could get people to the point of that cuz they just saw that right and so I would hear like moms and malls say like what what's wrong with that kid you know mm. and it, that kind of stuff and that sinks in right so even at a young age it just you know I kind of had an anxiety if you will about that and then that progressed to not being a very good student being kind of lost I finally find a place where in sales where Like things could kick off. We were surrounded
0: by other crazy people, literally. (laughs) Yes, right.
1: So I I will tell you, I had corrective eye surgery when I was 12. That kind of started the process of like, okay, I could kind of reduce that. But deep down, that dude is still in there, right? Mm -hmm. So finally, I find sales at 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, I can make... I can like make a lot of money here doing this. And a lot of this, if, if I just hone in and figure out process, procedure, listen to the people in front of me, I can figure that out and I get going. But I'm doing it at a place that is like hard pound the phone, get the sale at any cost. Don't ever look back. Get the next one. Coffee's get the next, one, get the next yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, right. And that was not necessarily consistent with my moral compass, but I got hooked on it. What ended up happening was I eventually walked and then everything I identified with was gone because I had the golden handcuffs on mm-hmm. and I had to start over completely. Mm-hmm.
0: How many years after selling? So you started at 22. How many years until you walked?
1: So I went, this was probably till about age 39. Oh, wow.
0: Okay. So you were in it.
1: I was having about a 15 year kind of out of Sounds body experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In struggle with my moral compass. Mm-hmm but making so much money and I created a lifestyle and my wife loved that lifestyle. And air
0: quotes, where can you go? What else can you do without where you're going to make as much money? And so I literally was just texting about this with somebody today about how it feels. Do you feel trapped?
1: I felt trapped completely crying on the way to work, you know, grown man, executive running 60 salespeople like the guy, right? Crying on the way to work, crying on the way home. Just like broken. And um that kind of started to steamroll. And so I got to a point where the anxiety and the men- and the depression just got so intense. So at one point did what I think is the hardest thing to do. And anyone listening out there who thinks it's weak or is struggling with that, the hardest thing to do is to accept it, admit it, and go ask for help. Yes, bro. Yeah. Um, that's by far the hardest thing. And if you're in that moment and you think you're weak, or you're going to be judged because you went and asked for help, I'm here to hug you right now. You're not weak. You're stronger than most people that walk this planet because they don't know the spiral. They don't know the pain. They don't know the moments when you're alone, and you're wondering, like how you're going to make the next minute, right? So you're not alone, number one, and it's not weak. It's extremely strong. And when you do it, What ends up happening just like anything else? You want to be an effective salesperson? Guess what you need? A plan. Mm -hmm. You want to run an effective business? Guess what you need? A plan. Mm -hmm. You want to lose weight? You need a plan. Mm -hmm. You want to get mental health and anxiety under control? You need a plan. Guess what you're not capable of doing on your own? Writing a plan. You have to talk to experts. They're going to help you to define a plan. Moreover, to give you the full awareness as to what it is that you're dealing with. There's definitions for these things. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to just fortune tell and make up your own thing and say, well, it's because somebody did this to me or somebody did that. There's a chemical thing happening and there's a way that you're reacting to it that has all has definitions and there's a way to deal with it. So I made the decision to go and do that. And I got that help and I was able to figure out a plan. Mm-hmm. all the different types of breathing journaling meditation diet exercise, all these different yeah. exercise mm-hmm. all these different ways but guess what my ego and my pride are pretty big i'm pretty convincing and the person i'm really really amazing at convincing and lying to is myself so once i thought that well i'm healed now i've got i got through it you know months year year or two went by mm-hmm. i'm healed mm-hmm. i'm good so that then comes crashing down because you come to the realization there is no cure. There's a consistent effort to work the plan that doesn't go. You have to consistently stay with it. So I've did. i checked myself in again. I went and did it again and made the mistake again. We're human. So I'm proud to say as of this day right now, I've had a pretty significant realization and acceptance that you know, I could talk this to a lot of people, but the person I really needed to convince more than anything was myself. Mm-hmm. So I am as of today, uh, 16 days sober. Now drinking and whatever was never the problem. The problem was the other stuff. They don't mix. And in order for me to really maintain a significant balance and to be able to control the part that really is the problem, I had to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. So we've got rid of that. And I got to tell you right now, I am on Fire, Amy. I feel like a million bucks. So if you're out there and you're thinking about that, I you call me. I'll tell I'll talk to you. I am on fire right now. I am so clear minded and clear-hearted right now. I feel great.
0: Well, next time you're feeling down, I want you to call me because I'll remind yeah. you of the person that you are, even when the clouds are there. And it is going to happen. So one of the things that I love about, well, first of all, friends, I, I support and second everything that John just said. Um, something to keep in mind, not all therapy is created equal, right? And so I'm a big fan of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. It is the, it's the most effective form of therapy that's out there. Um, and actually, if you want more information about this... I had Dr. Aaron Weiss on the shows. The past episode, this is wife of David Weiss, who is at a VP at Outreach now at Seismic, and they do psych and sales. And so Dr. Aaron Weiss is the expert on all those things. And so I would point you over there. But one of the things, John, that you said that really jumped out at me is this concept of like why cognitive behavioral therapy works, right? Or why it's different. Is it's like not all therapies, like not all therapists are trying to convince you that you are in fact trying to sleep with your father or your mother, depending on your gender, right? It's there's different kinds of therapy. So that's a thing. (laughs) But CBT, it's designed to, it's like sports psychologist type of thing. And it's designed to help like you work with a coach to identify the tools and techniques that work best for you. And so I have all the things that John listed out, the journaling, the, the exercise, the diet. Like These are all the things that you, you work through and you, you put those controls in place. But anyway, what I loved about the routines is that, or my favorite thing to talk about with the routines, John, is that, sure, it's all well and good. It's a great way to start your day, end your days, hit yourself up for your success, whatever, push all the remedial things or remedial things down into you know, unconscious so that you can focus on the high value. And... Establishing a routine for yourself gives you a a landing, a safe landing space to return back to Yes. when, 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 when we veer off the damn path because we're human. And I feel you on the drinking, man. I feel you. I just did a dry February too, just to remind myself of like what it feels like when there's no alcohol in your system, because it becomes a crutch for sure. For me, it was sleep, right? Like, let me. I know I'm gonna have a trouble like shutting my brain off. I didn't know about any of it, but like if I drank, like uh, you know, like there would be sleep, or like I could justify it because I was taking clients out, right? This is part of my job. Part of my job.
1: Such a crazy cycle, too, because like once the drinking stopped, I could remember the techniques required to shut the brain off, so I could sleep. Because I have I have a lot of trouble getting the brain to shut off Mm -hmm. and to stop. Man, I solve some world problems in my own (laughs) mind. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I would never present them in anybody because I would probably be cuckoo. Could you imagine
0: trying to get somebody to follow those dots? Some (laughs) of the stuff, man,
1: there's ideation going on in there. It's unreal. But the reality is like all of a sudden I have to like I do the same with my hands and I got to breathe and then do the counts. And next thing you know, it's, you know, I'm waking up at six o'clock, like, woo, that was nice. So we're feeling really good about that. And all those things parlay into my interactions at work, conversations I'm having, the conversations I'm having with clients, where I'm just able to listen better and react more effectively, and to dig deeper into the solution. My creativity has expanded. Mm -hmm. um, And just the ability to communicate, like things are boom right just shooting off left and right and it's just a much better feeling for me it's not the right thing for everybody but it's working for me and it mm-hmm. feels really good.
0: i believe it's right, it's like, the I right, think, thing, yeah, right. like i think yeah like we we we, we we raised <laughs> we were raised in a society If you grew up in the united states or like any kind of western civilization like you we, we're not raised to talk about our emotions in fact any mention of them tends to be lumped into weakness, especially for dudes. I've heard
1: this is why people think my. I actually had my wife be like, why do you go on podcasts and like tell people this? Like, why are you posting this stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. And this is a while back, but we're at the on the same wavelength. And I said, honey, the reason I do this is because it's an accountability measure. Not only if I can get through to one person mm-hmm. that goes, oh that helped me. It's not about that's you. That's the number one yeah, thing. It's not about but you. But the number two thing, mm-hmm. if I do get spiraling or feeling off or whatever i can go back and listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. right and go like hey you said it on there not only are you accountable to it but look you also talked about there's a plan there's a system so now it takes me back to that moment where i go okay i gotta work the system again right so it's almost like this podcasting video content thing is like journaling for life right you can go back and read it if you write it you could go back and watch and listen to it if you record it. So it's a great thing in that regard.
0: (sighs) Well said. That wraps another installment of the Revenue Real Hotline. I'd like to thank my guest for being so damn real and for sharing their insights and for, of course, being so much fun. And I'd like to thank you too, listeners. It means the world and I appreciate you. If you have any thoughts or comments or experiences you feel inclined to share, head straight over to RevenueRail.com. There's a new Join the Conversation feature on the right side of the page. I am all damn ears. Final thought, we are introducing a coaching aspect to the show. So anyone who's brave enough to dig into an account strategy or outbound strategy sesh, that's where we kick things off. Please do follow the show wherever you listen to your podcasts, so you'll always have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to contact me, I'm at amy at revenuereal.com. If you want to follow me on social, Twitter is Amy underscore and LinkedIn is LinkedIn.com backslash This episode was produced by the fabulous Nian Fiedler. You rock, man, and I appreciate you too, friend. And of course, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. Until next time, all, I'm Amy Rehovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Happy selling.